word and let's look at uh, Psalm 100 in your Bibles. Psalm 100. But if you dare say amen. amen. Make a joyful noise or joyful shout to the Lord. All you lands, serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who has made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and into his course with praise. Be thankful to him and bless his name. For the Lord is good and his mercy is everlasting and his truth endures to all generations. Pray with me. Father, we love you this morning. We thank you for the power of your word today. Father, we stand in reverence because you're about to speak. Father, when you speak, Father, everything stops, everything settles so that we can hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. God, I am beyond honored that you would take my mouth, my heart, my mind, my flesh, sanctify me and consecrate me so that I can bring a word that will bring deep encouragement and insight to your people. I pray this morning, God, that after hearing this word, that we all would never be the same. And that God, that you would bring about a change in our lives that will bring us closer to the cross, closer to you, in profound and life-changing ways. I thank you for it in Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated in the Lord's presence. I'm getting just a little bit of feedback, please. Just a little bit. We are in the third part of our series entitled Live Well. And I hope that we have been giving you some principles over the past few weeks and some keys that will hopefully empower you so that you can live a more uh, fulfilled life in Christ. How many of you have ever heard this phrase? Your attitude will determine your altitude. How many of you have ever heard that? Nowhere is that more true than in the kingdom of God. As we have always said, as God's Number one objective, and I will say this until Christ comes back. God's number one objective is to conform us to the image of Christ. And in layman terms, what that simply means is that he is aiming to make us more like him. And how we interact with one another, how we communicate with each other, how we communicate with an outside world. And so our attitude is very, very important as we take a look at the life of Jesus. Jesus had an incredible attitude when he was serving his father. And Jesus yet had many, many obstacles. He had many, many obstacles. He had many, many challenges. In fact, some of the same challenges that you and I have today. He was lied upon. He was misrepresented. He was abused. He was attacked unjustly. Uh, he had to deal with opposition. He had to deal with people speaking about him in terms that was not 
endearing, and yet Jesus modeled a perfect attitude. So what I've come to understand is that as Christians, sometimes we can adopt a way of thinking that goes contrary to everything the Bible teaches us about gratitude. We live in a nation of whiners and complainers. And part of the reason for that is that our nation has been blessed. Amen. People have stuff that they want. We are, we are used to a certain lifestyle. And, and when we don't get things the way that we want it, man, we go off, don't we? I mean, sometimes we would go off right in the supermarket, right in line, on the cashier. Sometimes we would stand in front of the gate agent at the airport and we would yell at the gate agent because things are not the way that we want them to be. We will complain because we are programmed to complain. And a society that has a spirit of entitlement. Whenever you have a spirit of entitlement, that usually is the gateway to ungratefulness. It's the gateway to ungratefulness. And so we have a natural disposition, all of us as humans. A natural disposition sometimes is to focus on the negative. In other words, we see things in our life, and instead of automatically or defaulting to extrapolating the positive out of things, we are sort of geared toward extrapolating those things that are negative. Negative. And so we focus on the negative, and when we focus on the negative sometimes, that tends to lead us into a spirit of complaining. Now, the reason why I'm saying this this morning, because I'm going to make a statement, and I, I need you to listen. I need you to hear this, that God doesn't like complaining. Say that with me. God doesn't like complaining. Let's say it real loud, everybody. God doesn't like complaining. He really don't. In fact, we don't have time to turn there for the sake of my message. But in, I believe it's Numbers chapter 11, when the people of when Israel will begin to, they complain to God often because he didn't have the kind of food they want. They got tired of eating manna. They wanted certain things, and God didn't, God didn't make it, or God didn't do it the way they wanted. And so they begin to, to complain. I don't like this manner. I don't like this. I'm sick and tired of being in this situation. The Bible says that God laid a whole lot of them low in the desert. You know what laying low means? <laughs> because God was sending the message. God does not like complaining. Listen to me. Complaining offends the spirit of God. In fact, if you want to shortchange your blessing in life, start complaining. If you want God to start working and moving in your life, then begin to walk in a complaining spirit. Now, I'm not talking about dealing with issues. That's one thing to say this is a situation we have to deal with. It's a whole other thing to have a complaining attitude. Amen? God doesn't like us complaining. In fact, Thanksgiving invokes the power and the presence of God like nothing else. I'm going to show you here in a moment. When you and I develop a grateful attitude, are y'all still with me? When we develop a grateful attitude, it invokes the power of God. In fact, I want to let you in on a little thing that 
I fell into and I ruined my date night Friday. Me and my wife go out every Friday, no matter how late. That's our time when we sit and we talk, and I completely blew it. And uh, we was talking about something. I'm not going to tell you what we was talking about. But I just, the man of God standing behind the pulpit, I just got into this little thing where I just start complaining. I just, you know, I'm not going to tell you what it's about. But for about 20 to 30 minutes, I just, boom, just totally got outside of myself and just blah, 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 blah. And my wife said, I don't want to watch the movie. I'm ready to go home. So then I come home, and then, you know, you try to do the God thing. And I realize that I was far away from God in a moment. The more I complained, the more I sensed myself moving further from the Spirit of God. Now, you say, well, Pastor, why is that? Because God is in control of your life. And when we complain... We are essentially saying to God, even though we don't come right out and say it, but how do we know God judges the heart? God, I don't like what you're doing. God, I don't appreciate what you are doing right here, right now. I don't like it. And we protest. Could you imagine Jesus? Now, now what I just did, I just want to let you know, I just went all over my message. I have no idea where I am now, but I'm going to keep going. But could you imagine Jesus, who is the Son of God? <laughs> could you imagine him complaining, God, I'm getting sick and tired of these people. I keep blessing them. I, I, I heal them. I go around doing good. I feed them when they have no food. I, I do miracle after miracle, and these people still don't believe me. They talk about me. I raise people from the dead. I heal their sick. I bless them. I speak words of encouragement to them. And God, all they do is abuse me. And now they want to hang me on a cross. I don't deserve this kind of treatment. I don't deserve it. Because, you know, you know God, after all, I didn't do this to these people. They did it but to themselves. Why do I have to come and go through this? You remember Peter? Peter said, Peter said this. Peter said, we know when they came to arrest Jesus, Peter took out the sword and he chopped off the soldier's ear. Y'all remember that? And Jesus said to Peter, Peter, put up the sword. Put it up. Shall I not drink the cup that my father gave me? In other words, this cup that my father gave me, I'm going to drink it. Because this is the cup that my father gave me. Now, here's the thing. Some of us, oh boy, hallelujah. Some of us look at other full cup and we say, man, I would like to have your cup. Because my cup, I don't like what's in my cup. Here's what you don't understand about that. 
Whatever is in your cup, if your attitude is right, God will give you grace to drink and handle what he gives you. Your cup, you are anointed, watch this, you are anointed to drink from your cup, not mine, not diver. My cup, Jesus says, this is my cup. He says, shall I not drink it? He said, this is bad. This is, I mean, no, that was bad what Jesus endured. But he said, this is my cup. This is my cup, and I'm going to consume it. I'm going to drink it. And you know what? Jesus walked around doing good, and the Bible says all he did, he just kept entrusting himself to God. He never complained not one second. All he did was ask for, listen to this, people. All he did was ask, he says, Father, he says, Father, at, at his moment, when it got really, really hard, when he didn't feel like he was going to make it, God came and ministered to him and gave him grace and power so that he could endure what was about to happen. See, that's a difference with complaining. Amen? That's a whole Jesus endured the cross, despised the shame, but endured because God said, this is what I'm giving you. And in Philippians chapter 2, the Bible says God has highly exalted him. Highly exalted him. Now, you may say because he's Jesus. That's true. But you know, God will highly exalt you too. He will exalt you too if you learn how to drink from your cup with a good attitude. Everybody say good attitude. Your attitude will determine your altitude. And so many people... They complain, even Christians sometimes, we get offended and we complain and we complain and we complain and the whole time God is not hearing, do you hear me? He's not hearing complaining. God responds to faith. He responds to faith. Because last I check, he's the creator of all things. He owns it all. He's the CEO in charge, over the top, above and beyond the universe. He is the king of glory. He is the one who spoke the worlds by the word of his power. That's your daddy. And your daddy has chosen to give you the cup that you got. And he expects you to trust him and say, God, I don't necessarily like it, but no matter how hard this gets, I'm going to give you thanks. I'm going to give you gratitude. God. I'm going to bless your name because I know that my God is in charge. Psalm 100 is, it lays the foundation, if you will, for how we are to approach the king and attitude. I, I like Psalm 100 because it, it gravitates to, toward an attitude of thanksgiving. I, I love Psalm 100. It's a powerful psalm. It's small, and it's only like a few verses. It's not that many. But I, I love the psalm because... He lays the, found, the, ground, the groundwork for the kind of attitude that you and I must have. 
He says, first, now I want to go over this. I'm going to break it down just a little bit. He says, now make a joyful shout to the Lord, all ye lands. How many know that the spirit of God is joy? It doesn't matter what you're going through. Jesus never, ever promised you. Stop believing the hype. He never promised you a bed of roses, not in this life. He said he would be with you. He said he would give you grace. He said that he would bless you. But he never said that I'm going to make your life perfect just the way you want it. But he says, I'm going to give you joy. Joy that supersedes life's issues. He says, now make a joyful shout to the Lord, all ye lands. Watch this. Serve the Lord with what? Gladness. Not sadness. I just thought of that. Serve the Lord with gladness, not sadness. I mean, know that God expects when we serve him, that we serve him with a happy spirit, a joyful spirit. If you're going to serve the pancakes, do it with a big smile. If you don't like it, put the pan down and go home. If you're going to be a doorkeeper in the house of God, be the best doorkeeper. If you don't like it, go home. If you're going to worship, if you're going to sing, then you ought to sing with a glad heart. If you ain't happy about it, sit down. Amen. Amen. He says, serve the Lord with what? Gladness. Not sadness, not bitterness, not anger, not frustration, not looking at what everybody else is doing. I serve the Lord. So I do what I do because this is my offering. I do it with gladness. He says, know that he is God. How many know he is God? He is God. Know that he is God. In other words, know that God is the man. As we say in terms that you can understand, the man means he's it. How many know he's it like 100,000 times it? I don't, there's no words in the vocabulary by which I can describe the glory of God. I am trying. I can't come up with any. I'm about to start speaking in tongues because I don't have anything for you. Because you can't describe the glory, the beauty of God with words. Amen. He's bigger than that. But look what he says in his verse. Verse 4, he says, enter his gates with <laughs> thanksgiving. Well, pastor, you don't know. I'm tired. Enter his gates with thanksgiving. Oh, pastor, you don't know. I had a rough. Enter his gates with thanksgiving. Pastor, you don't know. I can't pay my Enter his gates with thanksgiving. You don't know. I'm sick. Enter his gate with thanksgiving. Are you hearing this? He didn't say whether or not you like it. Or he didn't say your, your situation was optimum. He didn't say if it was just the way you want. He said, when you come before me, come before me like you know who I am. <laughs> come before me like you got your head screwed on, right? I am a great God. I'm a great God and I'm a great king. He said, don't you come before me with sadness. Don't come before me dragging and upset and afraid. No faith. When you come before me, come before me like you know that I am a great king who has all power. Come to me no other way. 
No other way. He said, know that I'm God. Know this. So when you come to me, come to me with thanksgiving. Enter my course with praise. And be thankful to him. Be thankful. Be thankful. And then we're talking about an attitude of gratitude. How many know that complaining and thankfulness can't occupy the same space? It's hard to complain and be thankful at the same time. Try it. <laughs> it's very difficult. One got to go. One got to go. You, the, thankfulness and complaining can't occupy the same space. One got to be, on, be in charge. But Jesus, he said, come. The psalmist says, come. Enter his gates with thanksgiving. Enter his court with praise. And, 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 and bless his name. Bless his name. So what the psalmist is saying, he's giving us a framework. He's saying, he, he, he's showing us this is an attitude of gratitude. See, when you're thankful, hear me, when you're really grateful, you praise God. When you're thankful, you clap your hands. When you're grateful, you, it doesn't matter what you can be on your sick bed. <laughs> you can, I was listening to somebody who gave a testimony one time and, and somebody had a stroke and they couldn't move one side of the body. And, uh, and, 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 you know, they were like, they were struggling. And, but the other side, they can, they can lift up. They just say, look, I can't move this, but I'm going to lift this one up. Amen. <laughs> this side, this might be broke, but I'm, I'm going to give him what's due him. I'm going to give him what belongs to him. It doesn't matter what your situation is. How many know God is worthy of thanks? Here's a, here's a deeper concept. God demands that we give him glory. Well, well, here's, here, now, 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 I, know, I know for some of you who, who got a theological issue, who does God think he is? <laughs> God. God inhabits the praises and the thanks of his people. It's offensive for God for people to come in his presence and not give him what's due. God looks at that and says, what is that? Is that the best you can do after all I've done for you? You jump higher when Tony Romo throws an 80-yard bomb down this football field to Des Bryant. You jump higher when RG3 sprint up the sideline. And get his touchdown. Oh, I saw your wife had to make you sit down because you were breaking the furniture. But you come into the house of God who saved your life, who delivered you, and we could barely open our mouths. I don't care what they say. Church ain't supposed to be quiet. Amen. When you get to heaven, I can't say good luck, good riddance. I'm telling you, it ain't going to be quiet in heaven. Now, your capacity to receive noise would be much greater. <laughs> But it ain't going to be quiet in heaven. No, it can't be quiet with billions and billions of people worshiping him. I don't know what that sounds like, but boy, anytime I get a glimpse of that, man, it, it, it stirs me. To see all the saints of God worshiping and giving them thanks. I don't want to wait to heaven. I'm going to start right now. I mean, no, we, it's for us now. Do it now. Let's watch this. I'm going to give you some reasons why. You ought to be thankful. How many know your thankfulness, number one, is a witness to the outside world? 
You know, what, you know what, what do you think ungodly people think when they hear you complaining and you go to church every Sunday? At the least. And how do we know that people who don't go to church, they become theologians the minute you do something in sync with the word. They don't even know the word, but they can look at you and say, man, that ain't, that ain't, what, your, that ain't what your pastor teach. That ain't right that you up here complaining and fussing about your boss. Look, if everybody else want to fuss about their boss and talk about their boss, you separate yourself. Why? Because you don't want to squash your anointing. You don't want to squash the favor of God over your life. I know this is some hard stuff. But you know, how, you know, everybody got them supervisors, right? You got those supervisors that you don't necessarily like. And you always can do a better job than they can. Am I right about it? If you had that position, you'd do a much better job. If you were the pastor, you'd do a much better job running this church than I can. I know you think that. I know you said, yeah, I know, I know y'all think, I know you said, man, if I was the pastor, I would do, do, do this, I'll stop this, this, I'll change this. I know you do. I hear, I hear y'all talking. I, 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 I'm gonna remember that. <laughs> but when we're ungrateful, how I many know it sends the wrong message? But when you're going through a very difficult time and people still see you with your praise music on and they still see you talking about the goodness of the Lord and they still see you going to the house of God and they still see you saying, Lord, I thank you. Even though, God, this is hard, I thank you that I'm going to get a breakthrough. I thank you that your hand is in it. How many you know that all you need to do for me, this is all I need to know. Even if everything ain't where I want it to be, I just want to see his hand. Oh, God, just show me your hand. That's all I want. Hands. You know, we said in police work, show me your hand. God, show me your hands. Amen. I'm sorry, that's where I live. <laughs> God, show me. I just want to see his hands. If I can see his hands, I'm good. I'm good. I just want to know, God, that you're with me. I can do all things through Christ. You become a bad witness when you complain, particularly before unbelievers. Oh, boy. Oh, that's, a, that's terrible. Don't do that. I mean, no, no, matter, no matter how bad it gets, hear me. I, was, I really thought hard about this the other day. Yesterday, matter of fact, when I got home from the pancake, I was sitting there thinking. I said, mm. God, I thought about every bad thing that happened in my life, and I've had some hits in my life, but you, and, I, and I thought, I said, is there anything in those things that I can be thankful for? And every single time I, I saw it, I said, you know what? Everything that I've been through in my life, God was with me. There's something in there that I can be thankful for. I may not be, I may be struggling to pay my mortgage, but I'm still in the house. You follow what I'm saying? I, 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 I may not have as much food as I want, but I ain't losing no weight. Shut up. <laughs> In other words, I'm doing okay. And I realize that in everything, I can find something to give God thanks for. And you know what I'm going to choose to do? I'm going to choose to thank him. I don't need to bore you with the, with the ugly details of my life. I just need to tell you how good God is. <laughs> I want to hear the people of God talk about, man, let me tell you what God did. And sometimes you might have to do it in tears, but God, let me tell you what God did. See, if you focus on 
what he's done and stop focusing on the negative, you'll, you'll blow your own mind like, wow, I never thought, oh, wow, oh, oh and, and then you'll be ashamed. I've been sitting there complaining and God did all these, I, I just didn't see it because I was just sinking deep in the spirit of complaint. How I many know complaining is like a snowball? You open that door, it's, it just snowballs downward. Number two, I need to be thankful because Romans 8.28, it's going to work in my favor. Somebody say favor. favor. Romans 8.28 is the catch-all verse. I love this verse. And we know that all things work together for good for those who love God to those who are called according to his purpose. I love that verse because how many of you get it into your soul, get it in your spirit? The Bible says that all things work together for good. All things. All things. That means the good, the bad, the ugly, all things work together for good for those who love God. And for those who are called according to his purpose. Now, for those, when it says love God, watch this. I'm going to give you a little insight. Those who love God, that means those who surrender to him, those who follow him, those who seek him. Because Jesus said, if you love me, you will do what? Keep my what? If you love me, you will keep my what? Come on, Nigel. If you love me, you will keep my what? That's what he says. So for those who love God, but here's what God is saying. If you keep a great attitude, if you keep trusting me, I'm going to work it in your favor. You got to believe that. Whatever you're going through, this is good for me. Yeah. This is, this is going to work for me. I'm going to be a better person because I have to put up with you. Sometimes you got to say that to people. God's going to make me better because I have to put up with you. And God will put certain people in your life to reform you. God will put to conform. God, let me, tell you, let, me, let me tell you something. The person that you say that you want God to remove out of your life, usually it's the person that God's going to put in your life. I just threw that in there for free. I just, you know. I've learned, I've lived long enough to know because God will use people's situations and circumstances to make you more like him and to change you. The change has always got to be with Y-O-U. So I just learned to say, Lord, whatever you do, I'm good. <laughs> I stopped fighting God a long time about that. I just say, Lord, you're in control. We said this before. We only got a few of these. Um, so seven reasons to be thankful, uh, seven reasons. It's a witness to the outside world because it's a, number two, it's going to work in your favor. Number three, God is sovereign. We talked a little bit about that. But, but you know what? Let, let, me, let, me just, let me just recite something to you. How many know when we talk about the sovereignty of God? I, I want you to get this because, you know, in John chapter 19, 18, write, it, write the verse down. The Bible says that they crucified Jesus. They meaning the Pharisees, the Sanhedrin, the religious leaders. They crucified him, the Roman soldiers. They drove the spikes in his hand and killed him. Who killed Jesus? Who hung him on the cross? Answer me. Who hung him on the cross? Who hung him on the cross? Really? Isaiah 53.10 says this. Write it down. This is good. Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. Talking about Jesus. He had put him to grief. When you make his soul an offering for sin, he shall see his seed, he shall prolong his days, and the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. That seems to be a conflict because in one place it says that they crucified him, but yet 
hundreds of years earlier, if not thousands of years earlier, it says that the Lord bruised him. So who, who hung Jesus on the cross? How many know that God put him up there? How many know that God is sovereign? And, and, and how many know, watch this, in the same way God is in control of your life, the sovereignty of God means that God does what he wants. We just have to believe him. Number four, we need to be thankful because it builds your faith. James 1, verses 2 and 4. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. Count it all what? Joy. <laughs> Knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. How I many of you, we need to be thankful because God is building your faith. And the trials that you are going through, God is using those trials to make you, to give you strength to prepare you for what he's doing in your life and ultimately for eternity. So I'm, I'm going to be thankful because God is building my faith. Number five, I'm going to be thankful because it's the will of God for me to be thankful. Isn't that good enough? I'm going to be thankful because God says be thankful. How about that? How do you like those apples? <laughs> First Thessalonians 5.18, write it down. In everything give thanks. Now, now I don't know about you, but, you know, you ever try to, like, you read something and you don't like the way it sounds, so you try to, like, exegete and try to, like, look up the definitions and try to, like, it cannot mean God. You cannot really mean that in everything give thanks. God, can you, God, are you really telling me to give thanks in this? Uh, yeah, because uh, do you believe me, right? And, uh, and, you know, if you believe me, then in everything, give thanks. In everything. So why I'm going to be thankful? Because God says he wants me to be, and that's good enough. So in everything, whatever your situation is, I want you to look at it from here on out and say, you know what? I'm going to give God thanks. Don't necessarily mean you have to like what you're going through, but you can give him thanks to it. Amen. You can pull out, look, look at it and say, God, I'm going to give you thanks. It's the will of God. Then number six, we only got seven of these. Watch this. It could be worse. <laughs> I need to be thankful because it could be worse. How I many know I've seen, I've gone through some stuff in my life, but I've seen other folks' cup, and sometimes looking at other folks' cup make me want to shout. <laughs> I'm just saying, listen to me. I'm just saying that your situation, as bad as it is, it could be worse. I know the devil tell you that your situation is the only situation that matters on the planet. But let me tell you, we need to be thankful because it could be a whole lot worse than what it is right now. Uh, look at real, real quick. We're not, we only got one more, but we're almost done. Look at, run real, real quick to 2 Corinthians chapter 11. I'm, I just want to read this. Uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 11. L listen to this. And, and I just want you to, to think about this for a moment. And I want you to put this up against your situation. Are they Hebrews? I'm starting in verse number 22, 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 22. I'm going to read fast. I've got to finish. Are they Hebrews? So am I. Are they Israelites? So am I. Are they the seed of Abraham? So am I. This is Paul talking. Are they ministers of Christ? I speak as a fool. I am more. And labors more abundant. And stripes above measure. And prisons more frequently. And death often. From the Jews five times I received 40 stripes, manners one. 
Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. A night and a day I have been in the deep in journeys often in dangers of water, in dangers of robbers, in dangers of my own countrymen, in dangers of Gentiles, in dangers in the city, in dangers in the wilderness, in dangers in the sea, in dangers among false brethren, in dangers in, in weariness and toil and sleeplessness often, and hunger, thirst, and fasting often, and cold and nakedness. Besides the other things would come upon me daily, my deep concern for all the churches. And let me say this, he was called by God. How do you know your situation could be worse? And then number seven, the reason why I can be thankful, this is the last one, is because it reduces stress and worry. How many of you like them apples? I need to stop. Listen, let me tell you something. When you start giving God thanks, it's something about thanksgiving that drives away worry and stress. Just pushes it away. Because remember I said that worry and stress and you know, and Thanksgiving, they, they can't occupy this. Something got to go. And first, in Philippians 4, verses 4 through 7 says this. Paul said this. You can just write it down. Philippians 4, verses 4 through 7. He says, rejoice in the Lord always. Now, many of you don't know this. Some of you do know. But when Apostle Paul wrote this letter to the Philippians church, he was in prison. He was locked up. He was in jail. And what was he in jail? He didn't murder nobody. He didn't steal nothing. He's in jail because he was telling people about Jesus. He got locked up. And here he is in jail writing to people who are free, rejoice in the Lord. That doesn't seem right to me. It seemed like to me, Sister Diver, that he should be getting some letters. Hang in there, brother. Stay strong, brother. Don't quit, brother. God is going to help you, brother. I'll be there to bring you some food. I'll be there to bring you some toothpaste, brother. Hold on. No, no. Paul writes to them on the outside like they're the ones who are in prison. Because in sense, in a sense, they really are. If you're not walking in joy. So Paul says, rejoice in the Lord. Again, and again I say rejoice. He says rejoice always. And again I say rejoice. Let your gentleness be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. Be anxious for nothing. <laughs> can I be anxious or can I worry about a little something? No. Be anxious for nothing. Well, wait a minute. I need to be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let the peace of God guard your hearts. Let it guard. Paul is encouraging prayer with thanksgiving. Here's, here's the thing. Whenever you're offering a prayer to God, remember this. Here's what you want to do. No matter what you're praying, no matter what your situation is, Make sure that the one ingredient that you want to always mix it up with is this thing called Thanksgiving. So when you're praying to God, let's say you're in, let's say you're in a difficult situation. Let's say you're hurting. Let's say you're going through some pain. Let's say the life is really hard and you're talking to God about it. Well, while you're talking to God about it, make sure that you reach up on the counter and grab yourself a big old bottle of Thanksgiving and pour it in there and stir that up with your prayers. Why? Why do you want to do it? Because let me, let me tell you something. Because when you put thanksgiving into your prayer, it keeps you with the right perspective. Because if you don't be thankful in what you're going through, you'll turn the other way. You'll become a complainer. You'll become a whiner. And God won't bless that. 
But what God will bless is if I take a little dose of thanksgiving, so God, this is hard, but Lord, I want to thank you that I'm getting a breakthrough. Lord, I want to thank you, Lord God, that you're going to make a way for me. God, I thank you, Father God, that yeah, my kids are acting up, but Lord, I thank you that they're still alive. I thank you, Lord God, that you're moving by your spirit. I thank you, Lord God, that you heard me. Even in the midst of all that, thank him. Have a heart of gratitude and watch how you would chase away an attitude of complaining and bitterness. It ain't going to stay. It can't stay. It can't stay. So whatever you do, my brothers, my sisters, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus. And will you please be thankful to him? Every head is bowed. Every eye is closed.